This morning, we continue with the Genesis series. Okay, can we turn off our cell phones now? After 250 feet, make a right on. Yan ang lalabas dyan eh. When we started the Genesis series, we started with God. Stand in awe of Him. And basically, we just read one verse. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. And that word, that name God, means Elohim, majesty, awesomeness. Everything that you can attribute to God. El is God. When you add the H-I-M at the end, it means plural. So this is a compound name. He is one, yet He is more than one. In the same verse, He says, In the beginning, God created. Now, we are able to create something from something. You can fix a car. You just need the right parts. You can even build the car, so to speak, from scratch. But you need a lot of materials. To put it together You can bake a cake Flour, sugar uh, Baking, uh, yeast All kinds of stuff You need an oven Only God created Ex nihilo Meaning to say He created everything Out of nothing Second message we shared with you On Genesis is to honor God, our Creator. Why? Because it is He who created everything out of nothing. And we learned three important verses. Three recurring statements in Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, After their kind, and it was good. When God said, let there be light, what happened? Because He spoke and it came to be. When God created the animals, He created them after its own kind. And when God reviewed all of His creation, He said time and time again, what? It is good. And then He created man and woman. He created Adam and Eve. And when He had finished creating man, He said, And God saw all that He had made, and it was very good. It was very good. He said this in Genesis 26, 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male, and female, he created them. You see, why was it important to read Genesis 1 verse 1, which says Elohim, which means plural. He said in verse 26, let us, plural, let us make man in our image. Of all the things, of all the animals that God had created, it is only man, mankind, who is created in the image and likeness of God. Animals have instinct. We have free will. We can think. We can feel. We can make decisions. Animals don't. They're not created in the image of God. And what did God say in verse 27? God created man in his own image. 
in the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. So what are the genders that God created? Male and female. After He did this, He, he goes on to say in verse 28, God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. What did God do? He blessed Adam and Eve. And after blessing them, He gave them their marching orders. And what are the marching orders to Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply. Now, how can a man and a woman be fruitful and multiply? They have to reproduce offspring. That is why it is important to know in Genesis chapter 1, those verses, and God created them after their own kind. You need a male of the species and the female of the species in order to fulfill the commandment of God to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Are you with me? What other commands did God give to Adam and Eve? With regards to the earth, you're supposed to manage the earth. You're supposed to subdue it and rule over God's creation. To whom did God give this mandate? Did God give this mandate to the animals? No. Did God give this mandate to any other creature of His creation? No. God gave this mandate to Adam and Eve. Friday morning. I usually wake up at 6. Even on the weekends. Go to the shower, change, you know, brew my coffee. 7.12 in the morning. I was in tears. See this? What is this? Huh? People on the beach? 37 dead in Tunisia. Terror attack. How about this? Do you know what's going on in that picture? A man was beheaded by ISIS in France. Two terrorists went into a U.S.-owned company. They took one of these people. They cut off his head. They put his head on the wall, on on the uh, fence, in between two ISIS flags. In the Middle East, in Kuwait, a suicide bomber enters the mosque, detonates the bomb. Twenty-seven people died inside that mosque. But the most saddening thing would be this is what the people were celebrating even after all of these things are happening around us. A man being beheaded, suicide bombers going into a place worship and the best thing that we can do as a people is to celebrate the decision of the Supreme Court this is now the law of the land this is not supposed to be the message this morning but as I read the news I had to weep 
I had to cry. Say, God, will you forgive the sins of this country? God, why is this happening? They are mocking you. And in that brief prayer, God reminded me in song, all of these things have to happen. This is part of the bigger plan. You see, God can easily stop all of these things. Yes or no? But do you trust God? I see. Yes. Do you believe? Yes. Do you trust? Yes. See, why is this an affront to God? Remember the first phrase? God, what? God said. And what did, like a little kid, and what did God said? And what did God say? In Hebrews 13, verse 4. Marriage is to be held in honor among all. And the marriage bed is to be undefiled for fornicators and adulterers. God will judge. I'm not going to be the judge. God is and will judge all sin. Amen? There is this Christian author. His name is David Wells. And this perhaps can give us an insight as to why all of these things are happening at this time. And he writes in one of his books, and I quote, Worldliness is that system of values in any given age which has at its center our fallen human perspective which displaces God and His truth from the world and which makes sin look normal and righteousness seem strange. It thus gives great plausibility to what is morally wrong and for the reason makes what is wrong seem normal. Truth is no longer absolute. Truth is becoming relative. It works for me, therefore it must be okay. Honor the marriage Marriage must be honored by all. So I'm simply just entitled this message this morning, Honor God, our Creator, Part 2. Pray with me, will you please? God Almighty, thank you for being God. Thank you that all of these things that are happening does not escape you. You are not caught by surprise. Because you know everything and you are in control of everything. Allow us to see, Lord God, your hand, your mighty and sovereign hand in our midst. Even, Lord God, as we, as we mourn and even as we weep for this nation, God, I pray that you will be glorified. Speak to me, Lord. Speak through me. Speak to all of our hearts, Lord. And we'll be careful to bring you back the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Why is God so concerned with honor? Honor, as we discussed the last time I preached on it, means to respect, to esteem, to give high value. That's why I challenge us during that message that if you had an appointment to meet with the President of the United States whether you agree or disagree with him I submit to you you will prepare everything way way in advance because you have a meeting with such an important person applying that to worship we should begin worship Saturday evening why? Because we have the most important appointment with the most important person 
in the universe and that is God. Why is it a big issue to honor? Why does God put children, honor your parents? Why does God put such an emphasis on honor? Look at this verse. I won't ask you to read. It's quite lengthy. So just read it with me. Romans chapter 1. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. You see, honor is really an issue of the heart. You can honor somebody with your lips, but dishonor and disrespect them in your heart. Sit down. No. I said, I'm your dad. Sit down. No. Then you begin to remove the belt. Sit down. But in my heart, I'm standing up. Honor is really an issue of the heart. God introduced Himself through creation so that no one is without excuse. But then what did the people do? Even though they knew God, they did not honor God or give Him thanks. They became futile in their hearts. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And what did they do? They exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. This is the worst kind of idolatry, my friends. When we do not honor God for who He is. When we give our allegiance, when we give our thanks to something that was created by God and forget to honor the one who created it. He goes on to say, Paul writes, Therefore, because of the above, when you see the word therefore, you have to go up a couple of verses to see what is therefore. And because they gave over, their foolish hearts were darkened, what did God do? Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. So what did God do? Remember, when God created you and me, He created us in His image. You and I have free will. We can decide, am I coming to worship or not? Am I going to read my Bible or not? Am I going to fellowship or not? Am I going to give my tithes to the church or not? That's your decision. God gave you that free will. And these people decided not to honor God. They exchanged the honor of God. And instead of worshiping God, they worship other things. So what did God do? You really want to go your way? I gave you the free will to choose. In English, what you like, you like it. Kung anong gusto mo, yun na yun. Tinranislate ko lang. What you like, you like it. That is your decision? Sure. You are free to choose. Everyone is free to choose, but you are not free to escape the consequences of your choice. God gave them over to their sinful desires. To the impurity that they would dishonor their body. For this reason, God gave them over. God gave them over to the degrading passions for their women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural. In the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. You see the depravity do you see the depravity in this verse? God said, go forth and multiply. That's why God created 
male and female so that they could reproduce. But because I have free will, this is what I choose. So men having relations with women, women having relationship with women, men with men, what? Doing what? Committing indecent acts. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind, to those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. My slow-mo is purposeful. Without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they knew the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. You know the song, Blurred Lines? There's no longer black and white. There is no longer absolute truth because the lines are blurred. They are grayed out. And man continues to do abominable things in the eyes of God. Well, Pastor, let me tell you, I'm not one of those. I stand by the truth of the Word of God. I believe in the black and white and I practice it. I praise God for you. But look at this research. In the Pew Research polling in 2001, Americans oppose same-sex marriage by a margin of 57 to 35. Not really so big of a gap, but still 57 to 35. Since then, support for same-sex marriage has steadily grown. Why? Because everything is becoming relevant. Today, a majority of Americans, 57%, support same-sex marriage compared with 39 who oppose it. You see the numbers? They don't lie. The Pew Research Group is a very reputable research group. They don't just make things up. You see how in only a span of 14 years, the tables are turned. Among people who are religiously unaffiliated, the solid majority have supported same-sex marriage in 2001. Of course. They are spiritually unaffiliated. What would you expect? The world is selling so much stuff, of course you just buy into it. Yes? But how about this group? And among Catholics and white mainline Protestants, roughly 6 in 10, what is that? 60% now express support for same-sex marriage. Is that statistic not startling to you? Support for same-sex marriage among black Protestants and white evangelical Protestants remains lower than among other religious groups. At least. Now we are the minority. Before, it was a majority. Nobody would even think about this. But now, it's part of the law of this country. An office worker of mine, a co-worker who also claims to be a Christian comes to my desk his fiance is from Manila actually from uh, Iloilo that's why he always talks Bachoy he comes to me hey, Mr. Nolan 
You read the news? I said, yes. I think I just better move to the Philippines. The Supreme Court there has more sense than the Supreme Court here. Will a change of geography change what's really going on? It won't. There's already a bill in the Philippine government proposing this. Gender equality, etc., etc. It's going around the globe. So whether you're in the Philippines, you're in the U.S., or you're in some remote native mountain, sooner or later it's going to get there. And this is not something new. This is not something new. This is as old as the first book of the Bible. That's why, why are we studying Genesis? Because it tells us of the beginning. And we're looking at Genesis. Now, background. As a background, Abraham and Lot separate. Abraham chooses the land towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, Lot chooses the land towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham chooses the hill country. And we know when we speak of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's bad. Yes? So, Abraham bargains with God. God tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I will rain down fire and brimstone. And I will burn those two cities to the ground. But Abraham, being a righteous man, he knew that his nephew Lot was living there. So God, what if you find 100 righteous people? Will you still burn Sodom and Gomorrah? If I find 100, I will not. Uh, how about 50? Oh, if I find 50, I will not. Uh, God, how about 10? Even if I find 10, I will not. There's not even 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. So God will execute His judgment over Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham tells God, God, can you please rescue my nephew Lot? His family is there. Can you please do something? So God does something. He sent angels to go and fetch Lot and his family. Here is now the discussion. Before they lay down, meaning to say to retire for the night, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called out to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may have relations with them. Men who were angels and the men of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Bring them out. You have guests? Bring them out. For what purpose? Oh, we have lechon. No. So that we may have relations with them. Men to men. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind them. Okay? Wow, this Lot, if he's my dad, yes, he's a man of principle. He shut the door behind them. Then what did he say? Oh, please, my brothers, don't act wickedly. Now behold, I have two daughters who have not had relations with men. Please let me bring them out to you and do to them whatever you like. Not o do only do nothing to these men inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. If you are Lot's daughter, he is not willing for the men to have relations, illicit 
despicable, abominable relations with the angels that God sent. But he's willing to sacrifice his daughters to appease the pressure of the people around him. We all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? God rained down fire and brimstone and that city was burned to the ground. Mrs. Lot was supposed to go with him. But what did she do? She saw the sign. S-A-L-E. 50% off plus 50. Then she looked back and she became a pillar of salt. That's why salt is what? A sin. Don't look back, friends. When you, like Nate said, some of the youth will desire to be baptized. When you come and say, I have decided to follow Jesus, friends, don't look back. Don't look back. That past life is nothing to compare to the glory that God will show you as you faithfully follow Him. Now, this is heavy for all of us because the Bible, as we know it, teaches about the law. God said, remember? God said, after their kind. God said in the book of Leviticus, if there is a man who lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death. You shall kill also the animal. If there is a woman who approaches any animal to mate with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. Bestiality. It's not supposed to be. Because after their own kind. If there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. Just as, Sod just as Sodom and Gomorrah in Jude 7, just as Sodom and Gomorrah in the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh are exhibited as example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. We are not against what they want per se. But we want to tell them that if you proceed along these lines, there is an eternal punishment awaiting you. We hold marriage sacred. For us, marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman. They want to think that way? Fine. But we have a responsibility to tell them. If you go down that path, you are only preparing for yourself punishment of eternal fire. They misunderstand us. Perhaps rightly so. When some people bring the fire and brimstone to them. They'll stay on one corner. The other group will stay on the other corner. And they say, you're going to rot in hell. Is that the way to bring them to Christ? They are preparing for themselves a punishment of eternal fire. Why? God said. I didn't say it. God said. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9, 9-11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I highlighted it in yellow because of the message this morning. But I'm part. I am guilty before God's eyes. Because there is no one righteous, not even one, says the Lord. So I am as guilty 
as they are. We all are guilty as they are. Because only God is holy. We all know this verse, right? Maybe somebody shared this with you when they were trying to introduce Jesus to you. Revelation 21.8 But can we read this? But the cowardly, the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and immoral persons, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Do you see yourself there? Oh, pastor, I'm not a murderer. I'm not an immoral person. I'm not a sorcerer. I'm not an idolator. How about the last one? I'm not a liar. Liar! You just lied. You see, in God's eyes, everything, how do you spell sin in God's eyes? S-I-N. It doesn't matter what shape, color, or form. All sin in God's eyes is sin. So I'm guilty. Except for the blood of Jesus. Except for the blood of Jesus. Paul also writes in Galatians, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. They are obvious. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of angers, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. In other words, this is not an all-exhaustive, all-conclusive list. There are others that are an abomination to God. Of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you. He repeats it again. That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But we say we're part of that. Right? Now, how many of you have stopped committing sin after having come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? May I see your hand? I want to meet with you. We will put your name on all the newspapers. This man has no longer sinned. There is no one. We just sin a little less. We are not sinless. But because of the enlightenment of God's word, thy word is a lamp to my path, we sin less. What is the key here? He says, those who practice, those who practice such things, after saying that they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they keep on doing the same things over and over again. There is no evidence of newness of life. My friend, if you are that person, check your salvation. Because anyone who is in Christ, God will change. If you really know the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will change. You will read the Bible and you will learn the truth about the Bible and you will begin to do what God wants you to do and you will stop doing those things that God wants you to stop doing because newness of life is evidence of a real and genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ but these things will continue they will continue to haunt us every time you open the TV, your laptop, or the newspaper, you will still read this. This is just the opening of the floodgate. They are, those groups are going to demand this kind of right and that kind of right because now same-sex marriage is part of the law of the land. But this is, by God's design, allowed for His purposes, which says in Luke 17, just as it happened in the days of Noah, so will it also so will it, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were being given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
Why did God destroy mankind during that time? Genesis chapter 6, which we will study later on, says, The whole earth was corrupt. And as a matter of fact, God said, I am sorry. I am grieved that I have made man. So Noah, I'm going to push the restart button. I will save you, your wife, your three sons, and your three daughters-in-law. And I'm going to recreate everything. Is it the same today? Is the world corrupt today? Are you waiting for God to move? I hope so. But He says, not yet. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on the day the lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day the Son of Man is revealed. These are signs, brothers and sisters, of the Lord's return. It's going to get worse before it can get any better. This is hard for me to swallow. Isaiah 3 verse 9. The expression of their faces bears witness against them and they, dis and they display their sin like Sodom. They do not even conceal it. Woe to them. For they have brought evil on themselves. They flaunt it. They flaunt their evil deeds. Deeds that have been declared by God as evil. They flaunt it. They no longer hide it. You know, in the Middle East, you have no homosexuals and effeminates. You know why? They just kill them. They just kill them. You try to go there. And if you're effeminate, I won't see you again. They just kill them. So what do they do? They leave. Where do they go? To the land of the free. Where you are able to do anything you wish to do. Regardless of whether it is an abomination to God or not. In, our, in Russia... Vladimir Putin said, in Russia, there are no gays. There are no lesbians. They kill them too. Maybe they send them to Siberia. I don't know. You see, this is very hard. This is very hard personally. You know, for me, this is very hard because they make a mockery of God's law. And this is one of the most difficult mockeries. Genesis 9. After God had wiped out all living creatures except Noah and his family, and he pushed the restart button, he made this promise to Noah. God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I'm making between me and you and every little creature, every living creature, little ako yun eh, every living creature that is with you. For all successive generations, I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. What is this? The rainbow. God said, let there be light. And we learned two weeks ago that light is not just what we see it. If you hold the prism to a light, you will see the spectrum of colors. You have x-ray. It's not just light. Okay, turn on the light. Turn off the light. That's how we know it. But light is more complex than what we understand it to be. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
Isn't this beautiful? That God would use a rainbow to remind himself that he made the promise to Noah. He made the covenant. Never again will I extinguish life on the earth through a flood. The rainbow. What has become of the rainbow that God has set as a sign of His covenant? They flaunt it shamelessly because they don't know what they're doing. They just think that what they're doing is who they are because they claim that they were... Who was that singer? Lady Gaga? I was born this way. Male and female, He created them in His image. He created them male and female. It is by your choice that you are who you are. So what are we supposed to do in the meantime? Do as what Noah did. 2 Peter chapter 2. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness, preserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a what? A preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. So what was he doing? He was building the ark. But at the same time, what was he doing? In the meantime, what was he doing? He was preaching. He was telling the people of the impending judgment and disaster that was coming. But what did they do? They just mocked him. They just laughed at him. He was building the ark. The Chinese calligraphy for salvation is eight people in a boat. He was building an ark. But while he was building the ark, he was preaching righteousness. And if God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who live ungodly lives thereafter, and if you rescued righteous lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. You see, he was pressured. The Bible still calls lot righteous. God saved him. For by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteousness so tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. That's why as parents, we tell our children, bad company corrupts good morals. You keep on hearing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And pretty soon, it will seem right. It will seem acceptable. It will seem correct to you. Then the Lord knows who to rescue the godly from them, how to rescue the godly from temptation, and to keep the unrighteousness under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority. God knows. God knows what He's doing. God knows how to protect us, and God knows why these things are happening. Nothing escapes God. He didn't wake up this morning and, huh? What happened? He's not like us. Why is God delaying? I was praying. I said, God, do something. God, do something. God is doing something. He's delaying. Why? Do not let this one fact Escape your notice, beloved. 
that with the Lord the day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about His promises, some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to come to any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. I have two elder brothers who are gay. I try to reach out to them. I hope God gives them time to repent. If they will not listen to me, maybe they will listen to somebody else. But they have to come to repentance. My nephew's brother-in-law, although I do not confirm it in the pictures, I see very, what, effeminate. So that's probably why in his Facebook page, which I read, he, there was a post, he was kind of teetering because his post was in the Filipino language, there is no male, no female, just asawa. If you think about it. But in other dialects, you have bana, asawa. Nobyo, nobya. So I replied, Genesis chapter 1, 27. Male and female, he created them. And he replied, John 15, 14. Let us love one another. <laughs> I replied again. I said, you cannot take one passage of scripture without considering the rest of the Bible. If I really love the person, I will tell the person that there is something wrong. If I really love the person, I will tell that person, my friend, the road you're traveling will bring you to the eternal punishment of fire. Because faithful are the hurts of a friend than the kisses of the enemy. Nice try. That's what I put. So what are we supposed to do? While God is not yet coming back, what are we supposed to do? May I suggest? I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready. In season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. How can you preach the word? Verbalize it. Share it through your words. But your words will not have meaning if it is not backed up by your life. That's why discipleship is key. Because we can share. But if these people who come to faith in Christ do not know how to grow up, remember the message last week? Grow up, Dad. If they do not know how to grow up, they will be like babies, tossed here, tossed there. Well, it's already the law, therefore I guess we can do it. That's why discipleship is important. Preach the word with your life. Preach the word with your words. Make them see what it means to be a Christian. Not only listen, but to see. What else? And why? For time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. Yeah, I like that. Oh, your church, only 5%, the tithe? I like that. Oh, we all have the same God. We're all going to heaven. Yeah, I like that. Sound doctrine. They will not believe. They will like to believe and to listen to what tickles their ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. I don't like the church. It preaches about sin. So where do you go now? To the church that preaches joy. 
Why? Because they want to hear preaching and teaching that is accustomed to their desires. But the Bible, the Word of God, is sharper than a double-edged sword. It will strike you to your heart. It will divide bone and marrow. And will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. You believe the myth of evolution? You came from a big bang. Dati pala, labintador ka lang. I don't believe it one bit because I believe God said, I am God and I created everything. And I created man in my image, male and female. God created them. But as for you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. And what? Fulfill your ministry. We all are evangelists. Not only your preachers, not only your leaders, not only your pastors. All of us have a story to tell. A story of good news you can tell with your friend, with your classmate, with your co-worker, with your parents, with your children, with anyone who is willing to give you an ear. So my friends, the next time you see these letters. Can we try to love them like Christ? Give them grace. Bless and pray for them. And trust God to save them. It does not have to be a personal insult to us. Why? Because God so loved the world. They are also in the world. We are also sinners like them. And God loves them. And we should love them too. For God, what? So loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, that whomsoever, whether you're straight, whether you're gay, whether whatever, God loves you and desires for you to have a personal, intimate, vibrant relationship with Him. Share Jesus. Don't condemn. Share the love of God with them because when they come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, trust that God, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creature. The old things passed. Behold, new things come. Who's going to do it? You? God will do it. God is in the business of changing lives. We are just the mouthpiece. We are just the messenger of the good news of the gospel. God loves them as much as He loves us. And we have to share Christ with them so that when they come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, God will change them. They will look at their past and say, God, thank you for saving me from my past. Do you believe that God can change them? Now, let me introduce you to somebody. Uh, Sophia, can you turn off the lights, please? Para you can appreciate the picture. Okay? This is a friend of mine. Used to attend my Bible studies in the book of Galatians. Now, she would come dressed in three-piece suit, high heels. She would attend the studies. And one day, he stayed after the class. She said, so I want to ask you something. I said, sure. I said, oh, he said, uh, you know what you've been teaching us is really, really so nice, 
And I want to share Jesus Christ with my mother. We were studying Galatians chapter 1, verse 9. I clearly remember. Because it says, If I am a pleaser of men, I am not a pleaser of God. And if I am a pleaser of God, I am not a pleaser of men. Alright? So that's the context. I want to share with my wife, uh, with, with my mother. Is that a good motive? Is that what we are supposed to do? Yes. And then I said, Beans, in your condition, will your mother really listen to you? Why would pastor say that? Because that's not who he is. Same person, yes or no? That is Vina, as he would like to call her old self. But really, his name is Vince. If I'm not mistaken, he is the first transgender. Sexual reorientation. Meaning to say, he had breast implants and he had everything underneath reassigned. Gender reassignment ang tawag nila. He left the Bible study for several months and when I saw him again, he had his breast implants removed. He wears male clothes. God spoke to him in between those times. I cannot say that it was my counseling to him that moved him because if you want to see his testimony, just go to 700 Club. He's on YouTube. He's won beauty contest. He got married to a British guy. The British would wait after the Bible study to pick him up. Now what is God doing in his life? You see him there on your left. Left, yes. He is a special guest. He is speaking in other churches. Some of these are old. This is 2013. He's there. Songs of and life testimony of Vin Santiago. He is also being used there. Brother Vin Santiago, this is 2013. He is attached to the Living Free Ministry of CCF. Can God make all things new? <laughs> Three of you are convinced. God said, And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Do you take God at his word? then believe. Perhaps you have a loved one who is involved in this. Share the love of God. Share Jesus Christ. If you want the Lord, you're tired already. God, this world is so lost. Everything is going wrong. And if you want God to make things new, well, look, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. So God will not come until the gospel has been preached to all the corners of the world. And if you agree with God and if you want God to come, then this can be your prayer. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. And what do we say? Amen, Lord. Come quickly. Honor God 
with our lives. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not be condemning. Grieve for them because they need to know Jesus Christ. I want us to spend a few quiet moments and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. Maybe you know somebody who is engaged in homosexual activity. Pray. Pray for that person. Pray for that person that God will use you to bring the gospel and share the love of Christ with these people. Don't only just pray for them who are involved in this. Pray for your friends, your loved ones, your co-workers who don't know Jesus yet. Pray for them. They are storing up for themselves eternal punishment and you have the good news. You have the good news. Share it with them and leave the outcome to God. Love them as Christ loves us. Give them grace. Bless them and pray for them. And trust God to save them. May the letters L-G-B-T have a new meaning in our lives as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should do this because this honors God, our Creator. God Almighty, be attentive to the prayers of your people. I have relatives, Lord. We all have an acquaintance, a relative, a friend, a co-worker who needs to be saved. And God, in the midst of the turmoil going on, terrorists killing other people, while this nation celebrates the infamy of same-sex marriage, God, will you have mercy on us? God, will you use us? God, as your word says, the harvest is plenty. The laborers are few. Will you send your people out into the world to bring light into the darkness. Use us, Lord God. Begin with us. Make your light shine in and through us so that when we share, we will share about the love and the forgiveness that we have received, undeserving as we are. But we have received it through your grace, through the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. We honor you, God, this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.